0: This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to PacWest.com to learn more.
1: Welcome to the podcast about venture capital, where investors and founders alike can learn how VCs make decisions and reach conviction. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is the full ratchet.
0: Welcome back to TFR for another edition of Investor Stories. On this segment, the experts talk about a startup that failed and the causes of that failure. Here's the segment called Postmortems. On today's special segment, we have Nikki Pazeshki of Felicis. Nikki, tell us a story about a portfolio company that failed and why it failed.
2: Uh, there was one portfolio company that failed that I'd rather not say names, but uh, in general, they were trying to sell uh, kind of like insurance at the point of sale um, for, for e-commerce companies. And, you know, it was just too hard to get er- enough early traction with some large e-commerce companies, um, to basically like generate the amount of revenue that it needed to justify a new round of fundraising. Um, and you know, it's just hard. It's a really fragmented space. Like you try to get like a, you know, a, a guitar shop to, um, offer, uh, insurance on their products when you, when you buy a guitar online and, you know, maybe you get a few customers like that, but the sales cycle is pretty long because, you know, most of those guitar e-commerce guitar shops, like haven't done it in the past. And so there's a lot of convincing to do. And then to be honest, like you just don't make that much money um, each time someone signs up for insurance. So um, I would say that the formula was just broken there. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for the founders because they definitely tried really hard to make it work. But that's an example when, you know, the formula just doesn't work like as hard as you try and as good of a team as you put together, sometimes you just can't get out of the hole. (laughs) On today's investor
0: stories segment, we have Samesh Dash of IVP. Samesh, can you tell us a story about a portfolio company that failed and why it failed?
1: Sure. Well, you know, my quick caveat is, you know, I don't consider any company that tries to succeed in the market and doesn't quite get to the finish line as a failure. I think a failure would be something more like a Theranos. And I honestly just count our blessings that we weren't in a company like that. (laughs) That is fraud and that is truly a failure on everyone's part. But Living Social was one company that we, were, we invested in about a decade ago. And at the time, just to give you context, you know, the flash sales space had taken off. Groupon in late 2009, 2010 was one of the hottest startups. It was one of the fastest growing companies ever venture funded. Andrew Mason had really pioneered this idea of taking retailers and being able to generate new organic demand for them by this new product, really, in flash sales. And I think they had done a really good job living social and Groupon on the analytics side to figure out how to get which experiences cause people to buy the fastest and how you can optimize the funnel around that. So we got really excited by living social. We also, uh, another lesson is like, we paid a big price and we wrote a big check. So if there are systematic risks, capital investment, capital pacing is very important. So I think in hindsight, if we had to do it again, of course, we would have had a smaller initial investment if we were to make one than what we did. Um, But the lesson learned was, you know, look, at the end of the day, markets that are very sales and marketing labor intensive, you know, I remember visiting the company, they just had lots of young graduates in Washington, DC, you know, going up and down, trying to talk to local merchants, that's an expensive model at scale. And this is why gross margins are important as a proxy for financial health. This is why profitability matters. They were pretty far away. And the cost bases had ballooned to when they had to make strategic changes. They just didn't have the financial flexibility to do so. In some ways, I am grateful for Living Social. Some of the lessons learned from that are very much top of mind as we talk about a post-COVID-19 world. And so, you know, that's one of the lessons learned from that one that we still talk about today.
0: On today's special segment, we have Byron Dieter of Bessemer. Byron, can you tell us a story about a portfolio company that failed and why it failed?
3: Oh, you bet. We've got several of those. Maybe I'll I'll go back to a very early one, a company called Sparter, which was a virtual goods exchange. And so this was a company that we incubated. And so um, I'll take the blame here. And what it was doing was um, trying to get in early on some of these virtual goods exchanges and crypto currencies and exchanges. And we believed if you create a marketplace for everything from World of Warcraft gold to, to ultimately uh, Bitcoin and the like, that some of the mega trends were kind of moving in that direction. Unfortunately, we were too early for the full Bitcoin trend, and we didn't have the patience to wait out the publisher dynamics in the closed platforms. And so ultimately, we built up some scale, but fraud and credit card chargebacks did us in. And we didn't have the stomach and the, the the vision to push out and look many years. And this was one of those cases where the team's opportunity cost is often more expensive than our cost of capital. And when you sit down in these meetings, it's not a discussion of like, hey, are we going to shut it down or not or pull capital? It's like, hey, hey team, do you want to keep going? Like, is this for you the best use of your time? We've got still money in the bank. But uh, is this really working out how you want it to? Do you see the path? And in this case, after several of those discussions and, and beating our head against this for a while, the, the team's reaction was, "You know what? It's just it's going to take years, and we're not hitting that vortex, and we don't see the game changing way to do it." And it's a bummer because when I look back now at these currency exchanges, when you look at what's happened in digital items and and Bitcoin and Ripple and the like the what could have been there. It is really frustrating because we, we saw the front end of these trends, and we're, we're there ready to capitalize on them. But in venture, being too early is the same as being wrong. and You can't fund these high-potential, high-quality team members who are getting called all the time to go do other things. And You've got just an operational burn rate um, that is diluted by its nature. And That's one that, if we'd started a few years later, I think could have achieved great things but ultimately, it's, we lost everything, You know, shut it down, and, and people went on, and, and it, it's a bummer.
0: At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like Fund Administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers, constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. In this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. On today's special segment, we have Trey Vassallo of Defy Partners. Trey, can you tell us a story about a portfolio company that failed and why it failed?
4: <laughs> yeah, we learn the most from our failures, that's for sure. I think one of the most fascinating failures is one that's super early in my career at KP. And I was just an associate on a team, so I can't even take take credit for the insight and kind of moving this one forward. But I think it is one of the most iconic and and the company was Friendster. And it was a fascinating company because obviously like we identified that this whole notion and idea of social networks, there's something really special there. But what we got wrong was how to scale it up. And and I think where the company just didn't execute right was on the tech infrastructure and it was, you know, unable to scale at the rate that that uh, people wanted to use it. And so it just kind of imploded and fell on itself. And And I remember I was on a panel recently with a friend and co-investor at the time, Roger Lee. And as he put it, it was, Friendster was the company that kind of defined an industry, but ultimately wasn't able to capture any of the benefit. And so um, I do think that's a, you know, a, just a crazy story of, you know, got the trend right, but got the company wrong.
0: Does that give you pause when you find something that's really compelling? Do you, you know, do you pause and ask yourself, is this going to be the defining company in this space?
4: <laughs> well, I, you know, and I think this is another thing that I've learned over the years is that you never know, right. You know, like if we had the crystal ball, like this job wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> and yeah. the, the reality is the, the companies that look the most obvious to win aren't the ones that win, and and, and another way to say it is I think that the huge outlying kind of successes are always tend to be highly controversial. They're not obvious at the beginning, and I remember even when I you know joined in the early days at, at KP and, and hearing the stories of Google. I mean, Google was the second search engine that. Or invested in. It did not have a business model. It was not an obvious success. That when you look at it today, you're like, no, this is this monster company. No, that was not a straight line, not obvious. And so I think reminding ourselves that, you know, companies that look like absolute winners at the beginning. You know, like I, I I, can tell you there were tons of those that I saw that went through committee were unanimous, you know, like super exciting. Like, and I don't even remember their names to, you know, the companies that end up being incredible successes that had lots of ups and downs to get to the point where they are today. So um, the one thing I do know is that, you know, you can never be 100% sure.
0: That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five-star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, overprepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me. m mm-hmm. m mm-hmm. mm-hmm.